This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Valerie Willis. I like that you have a look on your face like you didn't remember what your name is. Uh, because um, the, the, the bottles. <laughs> Three quarters the last, empty. The last time I drank was on a drinking with authors, and I think it's been almost two months ago. <laughs> so oh, no. I don't drink unless I'm on the podcast, so this is always a good time for everyone. I don't know why I think drinking an entire bottle is a good plan then. I'm going to sleep like a baby. Okay, our guests today are Amanda Rosenblatt and Brad Acevedo. Okay, I'm reading a post-it to do the pronunciations, and I've already had one and a half of the mojitos. (laughs) No, you got it right. (laughs) Not mojitos. They're mules something. Mules. They're mules. Mules. (laughs) We're too drunk. We don't know what we're drinking anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm this tropical passion fruit Moscato I found at the Target and couldn't walk past, and I'm drinking it in the boot because the pickle jar. Das boot. Das boot. It's already. I'm gonna take that sentence in its finery. I walked past the bottle at a Target and that I couldn't resist. It's like fine wine, and I'm drinking <laughs> it out of a boot because I broke my. <laughs> Away my pickle jar. We <laughs> <laughs> said together, nobody's gonna believe. Whatever. Okay. okay, Amanda, what are you drinking? I am drinking Sir Henry's Twisted Apple Hard Cider. It is from Keel Farms in Plant City. Um, and the description on the back has the word tart like five times because oh, five. I guessed four. It's something like that. I don't know. How tart but is it? Um, it's so taut, kid. I'm originally from New England. It's wicked taut. <laughs> okay, Brad, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm also drinking something uh, from the uh, Sir Henry's line. This is just a spiced cider, non-alcoholic. I like that. Somebody's got to keep us sane. Yeah. yeah. I, I think so. Next time you talk to him, you should mention that maybe they should get an editor, even on the blurbs, because hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, this is rapid fire question. Okay, guys, so for the second time wherever we've had two people on the podcast, which is really cool. So you each get to answer these questions, which is going to be weird, which means I'm going to forget what I'm asking sooner rather than later. Okay, Amanda, what's your favorite book of all time? Uh, favorite book of all time. Uh, I really like the book uh, Warm Bodies by Isaac Marion. Uh, it was really good. Did you like the movie? The movie was pretty good, too. Um, even though it got the Twilight treatment to it, there were a lot of scenes that were very true to the book, um, especially where they're driving the convertible um, on the um, on the, the strip, the airport strip, like the landing strip, uh, and like the sun setting and the music they set it to. I was like, perfect. <laughs> perfect. I like it. Very cool, Brad. Uh, let's see. I'd have to pick something from Stephen King. I like a lot of his, sh- his shorter stories, but if we're going full-length novel, I think Misery is probably my favorite. 
That is a good one. What did you think of the movie of that one? Oh, that was really good. Right in a row. I never got to do that before. Wow. Yeah, actually, actually, that's a funny one because that was actually part of the uh, catalyst that got me wanting to start writing in the first place. I remember Misery was one of the first like adult novels that I had read when I was younger and I was reading it up. What I'd like to do is kind of like envision the story happening in my head and like placing actors and as the characters. And I always, for some reason, imagined Annie Wilkes, this iconic fan. I thought, you know, who'd make a good Annie? Kathy Bates. She's kind of cool. And then I saw the movie and I was like, holy crap. It's Kathy Bates. Okay. Guys, I've been drinking mules, but follow me with this. What Brad thought when reading the book about a writer who gets a psychotic fan that attempts to kill him when he kills the character was, I want to be a writer. Here's the flip side of this question. What was your least favorite book? Ooh, um, you know, I, I really, I, I wanted to like it, but I read the book White Oleander. Um, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I don't know. I just didn't enjoy it. And it wasn't that memorable after I read it. Yeah. What about you? I don't really have an answer for that one, honestly. Like, I can't remember the last time I read a book and I just flat out either despised it or couldn't finish it. What about least memorable, then? I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't remember it. Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't, I can't finish that. non-drunk person question. Um, Listen, I'm a professional interviewer. Yeah, yes. Please question to me. <laughs> Will you finish a book regardless? Yeah, I need I need to know where it's going. Uh, then I'll uh, I'll make up my mind afterwards. I I was able to finish the movie Spanglish. I can finish yeah. a book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Same here. I don't think I've ever really started a book and then and then put it down or put it aside or just said I you know I'm throwing my hands up. I can't finish it. I think I've always gone cover to cover regardless. Well, as you become more and more famous authors, you will notice the amount of time you have to read lessons, and you may change your mind about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to think that would be the reason why, because we don't have time not due to quality of what we're reading. I that. Yeah. No, timing. Okay, so what is your favorite book to TV or movie adaptation? Well, I don't know. What, about, what do you think? You I'd, have, I'd have to think about that. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I think, um, I think the movie It, the, like the original adaptation of the, the movie It. version? Yes. Um, God, it was so good. The monster at the end needed to be replaced on that one. Yeah. motion spider. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, as far as just like the, um, the chemistry between you know the losers club and everything and just like that that old timey feel like it, it just felt so authentic it was just so good how did you feel about yeah, the newer version i'm curious because i actually i'm a huge Tim curry fan so huge original Tim curry pennywise and i thought that was one of the best stephen king movies ever made because like unlike a lot of them 
I didn't walk out wanting to punch people for how bad they twisted, whatever. But I have to say, I actually thought they did a pretty good job with it. And I yeah. that the first time the kids actually even saw Star dressed as Penny was when they were filming the scene where he comes out of the fridge with them. Like Yep, the first time ever. <laughs> that's they are scared. Like you can look and they're not like I'm acting like I'm scared. Like you can see from the <laughs> Yeah, I think that they still did a really good job with that modern interpretation of the story. Um, I just, if I had my druthers, I would just prefer the original work. But it, it was good. It wasn't like I watched it and I was like, boy, that sucked out loud. It was, it was good. I liked it. Well, now, Brad, you've been given plenty of time to come up with your answer. Dun, dun, dun. I really enjoyed um, the Jurassic Park adaptation. I, mean, I know everybody in the world has seen it, but I um, thought, like, moving from uh, Michael Crichton's version and uh, the way Steven Spielberg, you know, really, like, heightened up the, the suspense and, you know, not, not just the visual medium with the special effects, but different, uh, the way he, they kind of edited some of the pacing and uh, switched around some of the characters. I thought it was actually effective for a, uh, for a film translation of that one. Yeah, so I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I have to say, I just watched, uh, I just listened to the audiobook again, though. And I'll tell you, I thought she did a very good job of reading the dinosaurs and all that. But there was an undercurrent of Jurassic Park on the about them thinking this was some brilliant idea and it going horribly wrong. And in the movie, it went it went wrong, but it, it went horribly, horribly wrong. wrong. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You will never see an adult movie with dinosaurs like that in it. Because now dinosaurs are movies. Yep. Upon careful consideration, I've decided not to endorse your park. So have I. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, exactly. Okay. Well, okay. oh, oh, it's my turn. Okay. What, uh, when you're writing, what do you do very well? Like, what is it? Are you great at making a character or pacing or making the reader feel a certain way? What, what do you think you do well naturally in your writing or enjoy doing in your writing? Um, I really enjoy the process of mapping out uh, the, the story and thinking of how how the story is going to work as a whole. I don't like to think about one chapter at a time or one piece at a time. For me, it's like unless I have the entire thing mapped out in my head, it makes it difficult to, to write the entirety of it, which... It, part of it was a, a, an exercise in control because you wrote two chapters of it. So I gave you kind of like my feedback, but I had to let go and, and let you do your thing. But I was like, well, at least I know that those two pieces of it will eventually intersect and it will be fine. And I'm poking you a lot and I'm sorry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's my thing is I just like being able to map out be like Charlie Day with his big, um, like his big conspiracy theory board, and like figuring out how everything Sticks works. The yarn out. Yes. Yeah. Under the thumbtacks. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what about you, uh, Brad? Well, for me, um, it was actually something I never really. 
thought about or planned out, but for one of the short stories that I had published recently, I got a lot of feedback in reviews, specifically pointing out to my story, which was a, um, a really nice compliment. A lot of people stated that even though it's a, about maybe a 6,000 word story, that they enjoyed the world building aspect of it. Um, because for this one particular story that I wrote, I established a whole entire setting, kind of a society, a culture, even like a bit of a uh, religion and scientific aspect to it, which I hadn't necessarily plotted that extensively originally when I was doing the outline. But as I went on, I got more excited at developing these stories to the point that after everything was said and done, the editor approached me about potentially maybe expanding it into a novel um, down the line. And I thought, you know, that's actually kind of fun. And I, you know, and I've kind of, all the stories I've written since then, I've kind of established something more along the lines of fleshing out the settings or the story or or the lore as much as possible. You know, they've all been short stories, so there's been like a like a word cap that I have to work under. But, um, yeah, building, building something like kind of uniquely mine and making it immersive and extensive is something that I've enjoyed doing since, you know, ever since I got a lot of good feedback, it's kind of boosted my confidence on being able to create uh, something beyond just like a couple of uh, characters in a, in a diner or a room or something like that, kind of expanding something more, something, more, yeah. more grand, something with a wider scope. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. And I do want to add something too. another thing that I'm really good at, especially when I was going over his stories and doing a little bit of light pruning is um, I, I got a big thing with the same word being utilized uh, repetitively, like stacking on each other in the same paragraphs or whatever. So I like to be a human thesaurus. And mm -hmm. if I see the same word occurring on the same page, I love to just weed those out and find some sort of substitution. So that's another thing I'm good at because I just, there's so many words, there's so many beautiful words. More dynamic sentence structure. Thank you. What he said. Yeah. <laughs> Drink. Are you going to talk to the person <laughs> you about using the word uh, tart? Yeah, tart. Like, oh. so let's see. So tart, so um, uh, robust, crisp. Um, oh, enticing. I don't know. There, why? Why? It's one paragraph. Tart. Why? <laughs> uh, okay. You're going to talk to them about it. I can already, uh, I can already We can already tell. So, again, flip side of this coin, what is your worst habit or habit you, you, you struggle with? Like... I just turned into a, a, I like how you use the word pruning. I call it bleed on the page, but pruning is a pretty, pretty fun way. But like my, my modifier game is totally crap this last time. And eyeballs were touching stuff on the table that shouldn't be touching. <laughs> so what kind of bad habits do you find yourselves falling into sometimes? Mm, what about you? I don't know. I'd have to think about that one. Gosh, always put me on. Well, sorry, I mean, on I spot. Tater tots. Tater tots. God. Um, you know, I, I think that that my bad habit is just really just not letting it go and letting it sit. So I'll I'll go back and I will reread a chapter six or seven times, and then be like, nope, I could change that, but I could change that. Just let it die. Just let it let it go. Yeah. That's me. 
that's one of yeah, the um, biggest problems for a lot of um, writers is that they have a hard time not being a perfectionist of their work, and it's never going to be perfect. You got to let it go sometimes. Um, yeah. What about you? Yeah, I think actually um, it kind of extends back to what I was just previously talking about, and that is trying to go too hard on some of my stories, especially since, you know, I've been specializing in short stories, and a lot of the publishers that, that you know, will be requesting submissions will have a word cap on it, like so many maximum words, and almost every single time I'll plot out a story that I think is going to fit into that scope, and by the time it's done, I have a thousand words that I have to, that I have to edit out or to, or to carve down a bit. So I think that's, um, that is one thing where I'm trying to go a little, a little too, um, a little too far in regards to what I can realistically write, especially if I'm trying to do a, a short story that's supposed to be at a specific limit, you know? Character limits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, word counts, yeah. yeah exactly. Word counts, I'd like to every um, anytime for whatever reason in the past that I've tried to write a novel it's always kind of stalled out and I just haven't been able to I probably have at least like five or six unfinished manuscripts lying around somewhere that I would like to revisit someday but um, for whatever reason I've never been really able to get through one but um, you know what I was mentioning about that other one earlier um, regarding the the fictional world I crafted for that short story. I'd like to think that that can provide me with enough material to potentially try to push it into a full-length novel. It's just not any of the stories I have always seemed, always have seemed to fall in between the limits. Too long for what would qualify as a short story and too short for like a full-length novel, if you know what I mean. So I, I need to find that. Graduating to novellas? Novellas. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's kind of kind of around the limit that I've been looking at so far. But you know, it's it's still something that I have to explore, and uh, especially some of the concepts that I've left in the dust and I want to revisit. You know, I might be able to you know work that into something. I just need to you know kind of dredge them up from from the the depths of my word processor and revive kind of them from the dead. Exactly. It's like, oh yeah, I remember that one from 2018 that I haven't touched since then. Let's see if I can get back to it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, totally. What about you, Val? What's next? Oh, what's? Oh no! Hold on. Hold on. Ooh, 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 ooh. Pet peeve. Like when you're reading a book as a reader, is there like something? Is there like a pet peeve that'll irk you? Like, I know here's a fun one. Mark Munsey's pet peeve is alabaster skin. He loses <laughs> alabaster skin. Yeah, I I hate when people use the word gritty to describe things. I'm like, for the love of God, find another word. Hate that. Um, I I sometimes. Get a little annoyed when I when I see what I self-construe as what I think is sort of like an unnatural dialogue or unnatural uh, kind of dialogue being written. Like when when I write dialogue, I try to keep it as kind of a realistic flow. Like occasionally, I'll even like insert like a stutter in there or or something or maybe a hem or a haw that I can picture someone saying in real life. But uh, I've encountered I, I can't name anything specific, but I've encountered stories where where someone will just speak 
you know, like a modern, modern day, you know, not a period setter setting or anything, but they'll just speak a straight sentence without perfectly flowing, no contractions, anything like that. And I'm like, I just don't know if I can picture a person speaking like this. I don't know. It's, it's not, it's nothing that really necessarily detracts entirely from the story quality itself. It's just something that I pick up on sometimes just when it's like something that I perceive to be written unnaturally, like a, a kind of dialogue flow, essentially. Yeah, it's not realistic, and it can really wear the reader out. It, it depends, it depends, but but I've picked up on that a couple times on some stories. Very, very cool. Okay, um, favorite character in a book? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I like how they're looking all around, like, as if there's a wall of all their favorite characters. Yeah, but, but that, we've got books here and books there, so I'm just kind of, it's like, it's almost like drawing from photo reference. It's like, if I, if I, if I, if I comb over these books with my mind, then maybe I'll, I'll find some sort of, um, some sort what of it? What it is really is all your little children are like going, pick me, pick me. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Hmm. That's a good question. We also have okay. Funko figures too. We have over 400 Funko, so that's always a really There's good um, inspiration as well because some of them are literary based. There's one character that's um, that has kind of fascinated me. One of my earliest short stories, literally like a page or two that I wrote was from his point of view was um renfield from the original uh, dracula from bram stoker's dracula yeah exactly i always found him like the most interesting character of that story just based on the fact that you know he kind of his downfall like if you're kind of familiar with the character who gets he basically falls under dracula's thrall and ends up in an insane asylum eventually and just kind of the way that he's anticipating that this supernatural being is going to grant him everything that he wants and then basically leaves him to rot. He's such a tragic character, but I find it interesting, like, like his mindset of what he's going through, experiencing all these highs and lows and just how, how, how his mind goes. Um, I've always really liked stories written from that point of view. And forgive me, I always I always mispronounce the type of story. I believe it's I believe it's an uh, epistolary story. I believe is the the technical term, like a story written from the point I of view. Really technical term to all the drunk people. I know. The story that's written from the point of view of like a um like diary entries or journal entries that that basically kind of like comprises the the entire story. Um, I don't remember the character's name, but another Stephen King short story called Survivor Type, um, where the whole thing's written from the point of view of journal entries of a man who's washed up on a desert island with nothing but a broken leg and a giant pound of illegally imported drugs. And the whole story is written through his point of view in his journal and how his mind slowly degrades over time due to hunger, the drugs, and his own desperation. And I find stories and characters like that to be fascinating just to kind of like watch what happens to a human psyche when it's faced with these insurmountable odds. Yeah, I just find that really interesting. Have you seen the movie Swiss Army Knife Man? A Swiss Army Man, the one with um, with Daniel Radcliffe? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good one. 
that oh that end that end messed me up so bad <laughs> don't remember a lot but i did see and i remember it was a really interesting movie definitely it was it was definitely interesting right, best word to just what about you um I'm, I'm gonna say that it's a it's a tie between two different things um it might be cheating but graphic novel wise um spider-man or peter parker i just love peter parker and spider-man he's just such a tragic figure and just in any kind of interpretation of him in whatever universe that he's in whether it's a graphic novel whether it's a movie whether it's whatever just the storytelling involved in peter parker or miles morales's journey is just so it's just so good um because there's always that that basic formula of tragedy plus circumstance equals hero so graphic novel wise i gotta go with with spider-man or peter parker um and literary wise um i know i read it such a long time ago and i know it falls under the realm of um religious uh literature but um you know siddhartha like reading the original story of siddhartha and how he you know became the buddha through enlightenment i remember reading that as a kid for school and just being very impacted by it so i, I really enjoyed that that was deep okay, I now, was final deep. question Oh, did you say Val? Final question. I my brain is gone. I am like <laughs> one eye. <laughs> I'm jealous. You have a brain. I don't have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, I got it. Because you're useless right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like what I'm just listening. I don't think she's I'm just not even any of this. Um, what is your favorite way to read? Kindle, audiobook, paper book, hardcover? What is your favorite way to read? Paperback. Mm -hmm. Paperback yeah. so it can fit in, in your bag on the go. It's not too heavy. They don't run out of batteries. And uh, they're just <laughs> very pliable as well. I mean, I know they end up destroyed afterwards, usually by me, but just paperback all the way. Yeah, I'm one of those that one of those one of those types that is um a fan of things that that are kind of like more retro or or dating back to when i was growing up you know so it's like i have on the one hand i'll have a lot of movies that i still have on vhs and i was like yeah i'm not gonna upgrade to dvd i'm keeping this on old school vhs uh, same goes for a lot of my paperback books i have some books from like back in the 80s or early 90s that are literally falling apart at the seams and held together by many many strands of scotch tape and when I reread them, I have to be careful so they don't disintegrate in my hands. But there's just something for me, something that's really appealing about that, about having like the actual physical, tangible object in your hands that holding a digital device can't replicate. And, you know, I not to say that I wouldn't necessarily use a, an e-reader or, or a digital device. I can recognize that there's some pros that they hold over physical, but if I had to choose, I'd definitely be like a, an old school standard trade paperback. Sometimes a nice like audio book is cool though. Um, I, I adore Caitlin Doty. She runs uh, the YouTube channel uh, Ask a Mortician and she's huge in the death reform industry and just listening to her narrate her own books, like that's just one of my favorite things because she's just such 
a vivid storyteller, but her voice is also relaxing. How did how does she describe it? Yeah, she's, she's like, always talking in the middle of a yawn. Yeah, like that's how they describe her voice. It's like she always sounds like she's about to yawn or like share if share was constantly going to yawn. So she just has this very um, magnetic voice. So sometimes it can be good to listen to an audio book, but it's just yeah. <laughs> Paperback. I'm a, I'm a, I, I do all of it. I'm a every kind of medium whore because it depends yeah. on what I can get my hands on. So let's do the shameless self-promotion part of this festival here. How do people find your book, Amanda? So Henry's Haunted Tales. You can find it on Amazon. And you can also find it on Sir Henry's Haunted Trail dot com and any of the sales even though it is done through amazon every sale goes to support a local business and you will be shopping small very cool brad so uh most of mine is available on amazon on my amazon author page brad acevedo uh, this is my most recent self-published story or uh, collection called suffer the children it's a trilogy of three short stories uh actually about 40 to 50 pages each, so yeah, shortish stories, but it's available on the Amazon author page. And then I have a couple of my collections that are available through the publishers themselves, Crompus Tales, available through Jazz House Publishing and also on uh, Amazon as well. And then this one is Anomalies and Curiosities. This is by Quill and, Quill and Crow Publishing. It's also available on their website as well. That is very, very awesome. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thank you for being the first duo that we had on the show. I'm pretty good with me. (laughs) Yay, you're fantastic. You're fun. (laughs) Behave. What are you doing? I don't know. I never know. Hey, you you almost dumped out my hard cider. On the book. I don't know if you know this, but that's a very tired insider right there. Okay, is it? It's very tired. You gotta finish it on the air. Alright, I'm gonna finish it. And we come to the completion of Drinking with Authors Literary Briefs Edition. I've been your host, Eric Lance. My co host today is now the very drunk off of champagne. Valerie Willis. Valerie, Valerie. I said it. I said my name. I thought I did. You said your name. I don't know. Oh my God. You literally the reason if you have nice things. And guys, we will see you next time. <laughs>